ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster patrons who you allow me to um, have, have the ability to keep my peace from popping. And also from the podcast from forever stopping, ideally, because of your support. So thanks, patrons. Uh, I don't know what else to say other than thank you. And uh, what do you say we get out to the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do as a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about on your mind. Uh, feelings, uh, you know, emotions coming up for you. You know, maybe you're in the middle of your own great reckoning. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I'm here to take your mind off of that. Physical sensations, uh, anything physical coming up. Uh, changes in time or temperature or schedule, routine, or the baffling stuff. Oh, boy, it feels like I say this every week because, unfortunately, it feels like I say this every week. Uh, but, yeah, I got that baffling. Not last night. Now, I have seriously, you know, Oprah's right about those gratitude lists. Uh, you don't know if she, you know, I, I got a message from somebody else that said, by the way, Scoots, Oprah didn't invent gratitude. And I said, well, she's just the best at it. At it. That's, you know, so it's neither here nor there. What I was going to say is I'm, I was, I'm so grateful. Do you hear this, sand people? Just in case you're listening, I was so grateful for last night's sleep. You know, it wasn't a 10 out of 10, but it was pretty good, especially contrasted with the night before. So let's just pretend that was an anomaly. Let's just pretend it was an anomaly. Uh, so I've been there. That's what I'm saying. If you're tossing and turning, whatever's keeping you awake, or sometimes you just don't know. That's what my main point was. Uh, is uh, So whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off that. What I'm going to do is, as I said, I have this safe place set aside here. It cleared out, uh, prepared. Or, you know, prepared in the way you love preparation. You say, well, I'm, you know, I don't like any preparation. I say, oh, boy, do we have a safe place for you? Or do you some? Do you, you remember, I don't know if it was recently or in the future, where I'll say, oh, but this safe place has cubbies. You know, we have a, a section of it with cubbies. And, you know, or we have a section for cubbies. You say, well, I'm a cubbies fan. I say, oh, boy, which uh, cubbies are we talking about? Because we got it uh, for all kinds of cubby fans. I was thinking of the Chai Town, but we, we could, we, yeah, so we have a safe place, uh, very adjustable. And you could kind of look in from the outside and kind of decide. Then what you'll notice is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Oh, so creaky, these dulcets. Uh, so creaky, some people don't find them dulcet, uh, but eventually you may. I wish I may, I wish I might have the creaks to my dulcet tonight. That's what I say when I, when I, when I bed down. Again, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but that was one of my favorite uh, Beastie Boys tracks, Bed Down. It was on the unreleased uh, rarities. Uh, uh, side Z. But yeah, so what was I saying? I already forgot. But what, yeah, when I get there, I say, oh boy, 
Am I going to send my voice across the deep dark night? Lowing, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders. Sometimes they're even subconscious like that one. And I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to ramble. I'm going to be goofy and nonsensical. But really, I'm here to keep you company. Now, if you're new, but particularly if you just found your way to the show, welcome. I'm going to really try to make you feel welcome. But at the same time, I totally understand if you're skeptical or doubtful or you say, what is this? Like you have a little, my forehead, it's permanently furrowed. So if you're furrowing your brow, believe me. They said if there was any Olympic events for like that were based on strength of brow, if if I ever changed jobs, it, like maybe this, I guess I would have had to do this in another life. Uh, and this would be really, uh, you're talking about a one trick pony, but I'd say, because then I just thought of it for a second, I said, well, there's probably not going to be any Olympic events based on furrowing brows. So then the next thought that just popped in my head was, well, maybe I could crack nuts with my brow, particularly that thing in between your eyes up above. That's part, that's the furrow zone. Uh, so like, but then I said, well, how, how, like I'd have to travel the world going from square to square in the nut loving regions, wherever that is. I don't know if that's in, uh, Scandinavia, uh, Europe, uh, maybe I could do a within the wires tour, not with like a live within the wire shows, but like, uh, I, I guess I could pitch, uh, uh, Jeffrey and Janina on that. They say, well, it would be unrelated to within the wires. I would just go to lo- locations, go to their town squares and crack nuts with my, uh, with my fur, with the, the, the thing in my forehead, which I think, I don't know if it's a furrow. We could even get, uh, Helen Z from the illusionist involved and say, uh, Helen, is it a verb? Am I furrowing my brow? I guess you are. Is it a furrowed brow? If a brow's been furrowed, it's been, it's a verb, right? That's a subject. I mean, I guess the verb is also the per like, uh, whatever that thing is, the thing doing it and being done. I've never thought about writing a story from uh, the, per- I guess we know what an upcoming episode one day will be, uh, you know, because it's got to be confusing for the brow because it's being furrowed and it's furrowing. Uh, but what I was saying was, so then they'd say, so you're going to crack nuts with your fore- forehead. Well, not my fore. well, I guess it, it, it kind of near my forehead. Oh, wow. I didn't even know you could do that. Uh, Drew, well, I don't know if I can do it, but I think I'm, uh, I know the muscles are developed. Oh, where was I though? Thanks to, for steering me back. So if you're a new listener, your brow may be furrowed because you might say, okay, wait a second. Did this dude just talk about furrowing his brow and say the word furrowing 45 times? Uh, and I say, yeah, you're lucky I didn't go on. You're lucky I only said cubbies like it's four times. Because that's a nice, a sleepy thing. But so if you're new, this podcast is different. It's strange, but it's well-intentioned. So I hope it can help you. So just give it a few tries. Almost every regular reviewer says, hey, it took two or three tries, uh, five tries. Someone just reviewed the show. And not that it, like I gain anything from you listening to it. Like I gain the most within my heart, no joke, uh, knowing that you're uh, getting a good night's sleep that you deserve. Uh, so, unfortunately, it doesn't work for everybody. So, you can check out sleepingmepodcast.com slash no thank you. That's like other stuff. Uh, 
So that's so. If you're new and you're skeptical or doubtful, totally like uh, I would embrace you with open arms. But uh, obviously, when my brows furrowed, it says, "Please don't embrace me or smile at me." So I want to respect that. Uh, so if you're new, a couple other things to know. Structurally, this is a little late, late, late to tell you that. Uh, so uh, let's see. I could start massaging brows. I have massaged my furrow before, but that was just like in a, um. Who was that king from that, you know, with the out, out I said, out darn furrow, out, uh, like I was Lady Macbeth uh, trying to get rid of the furrow in my brow, which, I mean, I mean, that could be metaphorically related. She probably did have a furrow in her brow at that point. Okay, where was I? Who would have thought I would have had a Shakespearean tangent? Okay, Shakespearean light. I got it. I know that... Uh, it's still Shakespeare, even though it's the one we read in fourth or sixth grade or seventh grade. Now I'm having a debate with some sort of Shakespearean critic in my brain. Uh, but so, oh, structurally what to expect. That's what I was saying. Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free for everybody and not behind a paywall. Uh, then there's an intro, which we're about eight to nine minutes into, which is usually about 12 to 15 minutes of me just rambling and uh, getting you ready for the podcast to start belatedly, but it's always on time because uh, I want to give you plenty of time to wind down, whether you're getting ready for bed or you're already in bed getting comfortable. So, I mean, maybe I could start making, maybe I'll start making a podcast for all the furrows out there. Am I right, furrows? Or brows? Okay. I will have to talk to Helen Saltzman about this because, uh, say, well, is it the brow that furrows or the furrow the brows? Uh, now, there's some, there's some light Shakespeare there. I mean, we could, maybe somebody could write a thesis on that. Did, did the Macbeths furrow their brows to before or after the, fur, the furrowing of the brow? Okay, I get a stanch subject. So the intro is just me kind of goofing around in a way to help you get ready for bed, in a way that's familiar to regular listeners, but ideally it gives you an idea what to expect for new listeners, but it's also kind of feels a little bit silly and a little bit fun to take the seriousness out of bedtime uh, and uh, to kind of, you know, dial it down and to, uh, to honestly try to relax those parts of you that may trigger that thing. I, won't, I try not to use that word anymore. Uh, Here's a compliment I've never gotten, which uh, you say, my, is that a furrow on your brow? Holy cow. You say, what are you into? Furrowed brows. I say, hello, hello. Uh, I think I've met, you know, and they say, well, I'm doing a thesis on the furrowed brows. That's why I'm into not for that. Uh, I say, oh, okay. So, okay, so if you're new... That's the intro. Then there's some business. Then there's a story. Tonight, it'll be a crossover, not a crossover, a kind of a tribute to the wonderful podcast in its fourth season, Within the Wires. Uh, that's in that's Within the Wires, because I don't always pronounce things clearly. And I'll talk more about that at the top of the story. But you can check it out in your podcast app of choice right now, Within the Wires. So just search for that. And there'll be a link in the show notes. So then we'll talk about that. That'll be about 45 or 50 minutes. Uh, then uh, eventually we'll uh, 
then we'll have a thank yous at the end of the show. So that's the structure of the show. And like I said, the podcast is about an hour. Oh, because I want you to have plenty of time to fall asleep. There's no pressure for you to listen to me or pay attention, but there's also no pressure to fall asleep. Uh, the reason the podcasts are that long is so that you can ease in. You have plenty of time to drift off. But if you can't sleep, I'll be here till the very end because I know what it's like there. Tossing and turning, mind racing, or trouble getting to sleep or getting back to sleep. I've had, I've covered all those areas in the last few recently. So I'm glad you're here. I work very hard at Yearn and I Strive, and I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a few of the ways we keep this podcast free for everybody. Uh, hey, everybody, this is Scoots. So this is a tribute episode. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if you probably, you may, well, just I want to tell you that uh, so you know. And it's kind of like a like I'm like I have a bonus tribute and a tribute. So this episode is a tribute to the podcast within the wires, uh, which if you haven't heard it yet, uh, do yourself a favor. Make sure your podcast. You know, if you listen to podcasts not at one x speed, I guess you probably do because you listen to this podcast. Uh, but if you're listening right now, you could even search within the app you're listening in, uh, within w i t h i n the the wires. And click subscribe. Start listening tomorrow. It's about halfway through the the fourth season. And it's a found audio, a fictional podcast of found audio from kind of an alternative universe. Uh, and there's four seasons. Uh, the seasons are serialized, but they're the each season serialized. Uh, but the right are they episode? Yeah, they're serialized. But each season is interrelated but not interdependent, but they could be interdependent. I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, but you could listen to the seasons in any order is basically what I'm saying or, or out of order. Uh, uh, but do yourself a favor, start listening to season four. Then you could go back and listen to season one, or you could listen to season three, or you could listen to season two. You could listen to those in any order is a guess what I'm saying, but probably start with season four because it's going right now. Uh, oh, yeah, each season is its own story with different narrators and timelines. They do overlap. Uh, very, very immersive. Great with headphones at 1x speed. That's what I was going to point out. You know, so if you do listen while you're doing the dishes or whatever on a speaker, that's fine, too. But really, uh, it'd be fun. it's fun to listen to with headphones because it's a very intimate show. Uh, Within the Wires is written by uh, Jeffrey Craner and uh, Janina Mathewson. And it has original music by Mary Epworth. Each season has its own narrator and its own style and feel. Very, very, I mean, just amazing. Uh, uh, I, I get to see a live version uh, from season three, which really impacted my relationship with that season. Because uh, it really is the kind of thing you you just you really do develop a special close relationship with podcasts, especially fictional podcasts. Uh, so do yourself a favor if you're not subscribed now. I did want to just talk to a quick second of like uh, uh, my first encounter with uh, Within the Wires is, uh, let me see, why was that? Oh, I guess I wasn't walking. I was picturing myself walking, but I was listening to uh, season one, I think episode one, or maybe it was episode two when everything dawned on me. It was in a, a, a like a what's called a shuttle, which was like it was super old bus. It was a bike shuttle that goes from where I live, Alameda, to a BART station in Oakland. I think the grant ran out on that, but uh, back then it was like a, 
I think it was a free shuttle, uh, you know, so you give for bike commuters. Not that, not that that has anything to do with it, but I was listening. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I was making sleep with me at the time. And I'll just never forget uh, uh, when uh, starting to listen to it and enjoying it. Uh, season one is kind of like a relaxation cassette, uh, but there's a huge story weaved within that premise. And I did not know, like at first I didn't know that really. Like I said, huh, what is this? Uh, which is a great way to discover podcasts anyway. So, huh, this is, this sounds interesting to me. And then between the first, listening to the first episode and then the second episode, I was like, holy mackerel, uh, you know, this is the beauty of podcasting is, uh, being able to do the kind of things, uh, uh, that Jeffrey and Janina do with, uh, within the wires and all the wonderful, uh, people that work on the show. But I just remember my mind literally being blown as I was sitting on the shuttle headed towards Lake Merritt Bart, uh, uh, through downtown Oakland, probably drove by right by radio. I think we probably drive down radio row. No, maybe one block or two blocks before it, uh, where some other podcasts are made, but, uh, yeah. So I just remember, and then, uh, like, uh, this was years and years ago. I, I, I lose track of time. So I don't know if it was four years ago when the first season came out. Uh, so this episode, I, and then again, I say, well, I'm not really equipped to, to do a tribute to this because they say, well, how would we talk about it without, uh, so that each listener can explore within the wires on their own, like without changing their expectations or spoiling anything or my own relationship getting in the way of talking about it and then still making it sleepy, right? So those are kind of the rules of these tribute episodes. So I decided to turn things over to uh, one, of, one of the fan favorites, uh, Reginald Kuzak, uh, who ran the uh, happiest robe. What is it called? Happily Enrobed, the robe shop. And Reginald agreed to take the helm on this, which is really generous. I mean, not really, because it's because uh, uh, Reginald made it into something uh, tangible. Uh, so... So that's that. And then there's a bone and tucked in here is also a bonus, uh, tribute to my friend Ings, uh, because Ings came out and o- opened up my last live show. Uh, and Ings is a guitarist and maker from Seattle, Washington, who plays uh, lullaby rock, directs music videos. She's a com- community facilitator, does DIY shows and festivals, writes commissioned love songs. Uh, has earned over a million streams on Spotify. Uh, two EPs, Dog Physics and Afterthought. Uh, she did the uh, South, South by Southwest uh, official showcase, uh, the Thing Fest, toured North America. She was up and down the West Coast uh, this past month. And uh, she she's about to release in 2020 uh, a uh, lullabies for grownups. And that'll uh, benefit organizations uh, that provide legal services to people at risk of deportation. Uh, so I'll also link to that because Ings came and did that. And so uh, uh, also Reginald was like, oh, well, let's do it uh, as we were prepping for the live show. Um, uh, that's what that's what we did. So um, yeah, and and also there's like it was season four, and Ings kind of have like an indirect c- c- connection uh, uh, through Northern Europe. Uh, so uh, I guess without further ado, you know, make sure you w- listen to Within the Wires. Uh, check out Ings's music, 
and uh, enjoy. Uh, like, my jo- I guess my job's done. Uh, and now I'm going to turn things over uh, to Reginald Kuzak, uh, who, in case you, if you don't know, you, like, they'll take care of everything. Uh, thanks. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Scooter. Thank you, everybody. This is I'm Reginald Kuzak uh, of the Kuzak family, but not of the Joan and John Kuzak family. Yeah, because I would definitely, that would be my, if that was, it would be my claim to fame, I guess. I am the proprietor of the happiest, happily enrobed, the robe shop uh, where we happily enrobe you. And I'm really happy to bring you this tribute episode of uh, Within the Wires podcast, uh, which I've become a huge fan of thanks to Scooter and of Ings' music. Uh, now, so, so this is a, so you should be. Uh, this should be the eve of ha- ha- not Halloween Eve, but the eve before Halloween, and also the different uh, the, the celebrations that take place on November first. Uh, the day, you know, Dios uh, Day, uh, you know, sleepy stuff. Uh, the, so, this is a, episode is coming out in with a very intentional way on this uh, evening. Because a lot of people have Halloween and costumes on the mind. And that's where we met. Uh, that's where Scooter and I, you know, Scooter and I meet on a regular basis. You may not believe that. Uh, uh, but, you know, I may or may not reside within, you know, you know where I live is uh, uh, in a musty place with creaky dulcet tones echoing the halls, uh, my sister and I. But so I was sitting down with Scooter, and I was telling Scooter about, I was talking about Halloween. This was when it was a few months ago. And I guess you could say I was going, not on a tangent, but, you know, with like a like a tirade. If if you said, what's the, the um, tangent? It's, it's like tirade, like uh, make that into one word about Halloween. Because it's a commercialized uh, holiday, correct? And it's one thing that people don't, uh, it's one commercialized holiday, which I guess is a good thing. I don't know why. Well, I guess I do know why I was going on a tangent. Not about Halloween itself. Let me just clear that up. Uh, I'm pro-Halloween. So I guess at this point, I was still making the observation that it's a commercialized holiday that no one has an objection to the commercial com- commercialization of. Uh, one, because there's so many treats, and two, I think because people enjoy get, getting dressed up and then uh, decorating now uh, has become more and more of a thing. And then people that like to party. There's, so there's a lot of different uh, a- commercialized aspects to it where there's, you know, the other holidays, uh, you know, the, the holidays that take place at the, be- the end of the year, which are combined uh, across uh, faiths. Uh, you know, people who have different objections to the commercialization of those or, hey, well, this faith is, you know, th- that kind of thing. I'm not weighing in on any of that. And then there's Valentine's Day, which some people object to uh, because, uh, I don't know, because you could say, you know, or uh, Easter, I don't hear a lot of objections to. And then uh, what is the other one? There's, oh, Mother's Day. I don't know. The people you wish. I don't know if you're complaining about the commercialization of Mother's Day, what I, I would say to you, but I think Brent probably, I think Brent from uh, The Good Place has probably complained about Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and the commercialization of those things. Uh, so, you know, it was so, the, the, so, oh, so I said, well, this is a, a, when everybody can get on board, commercialize uh, the Halloween, correct? 
Uh, but then I, you know, for me, is uh, you know, I make robes uh, that, to suit people's needs and their personalities and their feelings. And so for me, the commercialized costume business is where, or they, do they call they call them costumes? Yes, uh, is just someplace I, you know, I have a great sensitivity to. And that's what my tirade was about. Uh, now, you do have a re- resurgence of, uh, you know, homemade costumes and then cosplay, which is separate from Halloween, uh, but it shares similarities with it. Uh, you know, having this great, uh, where people take really a lot of time and pride and effort to put time into their, uh, what they're wearing. I don't want to call it a costume because I would say that's, uh, might be demeaning to it. Uh, but I think we can agree just for this tonight, uh, because it's Halloween Eve, uh, that we can use the term costume and it can mean more than just a plastic stuff that you put on, uh, for the evening. But so I was telling Scooter, you know, my, you know, how I f- my strong feelings about, uh, costumes and especially cheap ones because oh scooter was telling me about all some of the ones he had that weren't homemade you know that he bought at the store and so that, that was where we and then scooters paused and looked at me and said reggie and i said reginald and, and he said reggie uh he goes you're my second favorite reggie after reggie and the morning news uh local morning news it used to like uh uh, but so anyway, he said, uh, Reg, Reggie, uh, I got a great idea. Like, uh, he goes, you know, I usually make a joke about, you know, we're t- somebody took that from something and we took it back, uh, uh, you know, about that song. Uh, but he, and I said, what are you talking about, Scooter? And he started to tell me about within the wires and none of it, made, you know, at first I didn't understand uh, where he was going. And, you know, about his, you know, and about how is he going to do a crossover, a tribute for that. Uh, and he said, you can make costumes based on episodes of uh, Within the Wires. Uh, and I said, well, and he said, no, 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 I'm going to give you one more piece of information, Reggie. And so I said, not a, like, a, I, I tried to pretend like I was Janet and he was, uh, Jason, I said, not a Reggie, I'm a Reginald. And he, he said, he said, okay, think of the costumes, the, 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 the most, the costumes you have the most objection to, you know, the mainstream ones that get on your nerves. Uh, and you're going to take an episode of Within the Wires and you're going to craft that uh, episode in that costume. You're going to reinvent and combine the two. And so that's exactly what I did. And what we're going to do tonight is have a little fashion show within, you know, within the theater of the mind here. And then we did the same with a few of Ings's songs. So, so really taking a costume, uh, for example, I'm trying to think of one we didn't use that would be very pop, an airline pilot, and reinventing that in the context where the, the costume both becomes something more than just a regular generic airline pilot, uh, but also is a very specific, uh, in a tribute way, as, it, as Scooter usually says, uh, like the song uh, from uh, that band uh, whose name I forget. Oh, Tenacious D, Scooter just said. Uh, 
like that. It's it's a tribute. So I'm not going to be mentioning characters except for maybe one character that I can think of at this time and some initials and some tertiary characters and ideally very little about the plot uh, of all the seasons. We'll do a couple episodes from each season of Within the Wires. Now, I did want to make sure you were listening to season four, which is called The Cradle. Is the, the uh, thematically, maybe it's just the title of the season. And it's about a mother and a daughter. The mother is recording, as the season starts, the mother is recording tapes for her daughter. Uh, they, they're, they're the leaders of this uh, family-centric commune uh, outside of the society uh, called The Cradle. Uh, and it, it takes place, uh, it's, uh, they start out uh, deep in the Scandinavian forest. And the season's going to be 10 episodes. It's just, so she's, uh, the fir- first part of the episode is uh, a kind of a tape-recorded letter to her, her daughter, uh, who's trying to lead the commune. The mother is the, the, the main leader, founder. Or maybe it was her mother. Her mother. It was one. And then uh, the second half of the tape, the side B, is a message to the commune uh, from the mother that's not currently present at the commune. Uh, so that, that season four, you could start right away. And I, yes, I think you'll enjoy it greatly. Uh, just in case, I wanted to tell you too about. So season one is relaxation cassettes. Uh, uh, season two is, uh, and I guess I probably talk about this in some of the, the season two is museum audio tours. Uh, so audio guides, uh, walking through exhibitions. Uh, but again, there's stories weaved into all of these. Uh, season three is, uh, uh, dictations from a bureaucrat, uh, uh, it takes place in the 1950s, uh, uh, someone who, who was trying to work within the new society uh, dictated to Amy, uh, their secretary, uh, which I, I guess I said I wouldn't say character name, you know, but, but it all, all Reginald. Uh, but we have to start, in, as uh, Jeffrey and Joseph say, and start with this, uh, start with this. We'll start with season four, uh, cassette one. And that takes place in the spring of 1993 within this world of the story, within the world of Within the Wires. Now, I want you to picture a very popular costume. Not and Currently, it comes and it goes. And, and I would say for anyone like, uh, you, know, you know, this is me not a, it may sound like I'm judging, but I'm just not. I'm trying to do you a favor. Not a good look for anyone. Uh, you know, if you want to buy the costume and use it at home for something, that's, you know, your own business. But, uh, and it's the, it's the adult baby costume. And usually, you know, it's a man, you know, splainers would be the most person most likely to have this, uh, uh, like usually consists of a diaper, uh, an adult wearing a diaper. I don't think it's ever a functional diaper, but I'm sure, you know, people have, you know, uh, and then usually a bonnet, a baby bonnet, uh, and accessories could include a rattle or a big bottle. Usually if it's a partier, you know, then they would say, well, the diaper works and they would have something in the bottle. Uh, you know, probably a bib would be a smart thing. And that's about it. Maybe some booties, uh, you know, if they're, if they're, you know, 
functional booties, but I, you know, that's really, I didn't even think about functional booties. Uh, if I had, I guess if Reginald was in a, if I was in a funk band, it would be called functional booties. I don't know if Bootsy Collins is, if, or if the Bootsy Collins family band, I guess would be better, uh, but let me focus on this costume. So that's the uh, the costume that uh, brings my ire. One of the you know one of the ones uh, uh, that I've thought about. But so I wanted to change this up, and I wanted to. But this is a costume again for an adult to wear. Or you know my costumes are a little bit more than that. And you may say, what Reginald like? What? And I'd say these are for very exclusive clientele. Uh, so they can't, you know, these are conceptual unless you're, uh, you know, in a position, just a, the construction. And also I try to make uh, the majority of my things accessible to all. Uh, and this one starts with it. So instead of just a big human baby, we have, uh, cr- we built this around a cradle uh, that your upper body would be in. So it looked like you were in a cradle. Uh, but, but, and we would have little fake baby feet hanging over the edge of the cradle, kind of like you're sitting up in your cradle. Maybe you're getting out. Maybe you've like positioned yourself in a way that's very cute, but I've also crafted the cradle out of, uh, now, now that, that way, if you're, uh, you know, depending on whatever your mobility is, uh, or if you need any assistance with your mobility, like, uh, this costume could be worn by anyone. Uh, because, and it is movable. It does have, you know, I can adjust it and put wheels in or whatever you need. I guess for a price, I could probably do a very lightweight balsa version. Uh, so, so that, so there's a baby in a cradle. You are playing the baby, but the cradle, you you just get a sense. It's, it's the colors of the wood, the patina, a, a little bit of a gnarl, uh, that makes it feel very comforting. Uh, I've used the subtle coloring. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you could picture it there. Uh, comforting colors that comfort you. I put a little uh, brand because I wanted the people that I really liked. And the, the brand, the company that made this cradle, is a Skyon of Leadership. Or Scooter always tells me that's how you pronounce it. I don't know if that is, though. Now, also, this cradle is uh, world-sensitive, so... Uh, there's a hidden headboard there, and inside the headboard are some canned goods uh, because it is a movable cradle. And if you're on the move with your baby in the cradle, uh, there's places for canned goods and cured things. Uh, Also, a a seed catalog starter kit we have in there. Also, a guide, uh, how to plan a fun feast. Uh, I thought that would be fun. Then underneath the cradle is actually uh, a bookcase uh, with books because I said, okay, I'd like books. Uh, there's a book of fables with pictures of our shadow buddies, uh, friend, forest friends whispering behind trees, good things. Uh, yeah. Then there's uh, oh, also in the cradle, crumbled up, uh, but this is actually part of it, is a, a piece of paper. Now, you, if someone reaches in and opens that, that's just the, the depth of illusion I'm going for. And it says, brainstorm, what to get a 19-year-old for her birthday. Uh, there's pictures of uh, families uh, that kind of, I want to, 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 to kind of look very nourishing, uh, not just physically nourishing. 
uh, along the side. And again, if you're buying this, they say, oh, well, we could put a historical figure. You know, what nourishes you? Uh, like all of the, the, the places, like the things that go up, they call those guardrails, right? That, uh, and, uh, like, uh, we call, like, we, we call them, uh, I have a little thing in there. Instead of calling them guardrails, they're called, uh, Mother Security. Also on the, underneath is the cradle, if you're really looking for details, is a heavy cross, uh, which helps weigh the, weigh the cradle down, uh, against its wheels. And then on the back end of the cradle, I put tra- a couple traveling stickers. as Oslo, uh, Lake George, uh, and I, I'm thinking, trying to think of other stickers we could slowly add there. And also, there's a, in uh, another on the headboard is a secret panel with a disguise in there. And if you need your documents, especially you know forged documents, uh, a place for those. Now, right now, we just have a Groucho Marx disguise in there uh, because, you know, it's more of uh, just to do that. So that's that. Oh, and also some cash for bribes. So all those things are there. Uh, so so that's uh, that's my reinvention of the big baby. Okay, now this one. Uh, so this is inspired by season two, cassette two from the Ulster Museum, uh, 1973, within the world. Now, we all know that uh, superheroes are a big thing. You know, that's uh, undeniable. Most of them now are branded superheroes based on, you know, a few select uh, pieces of intellectual property that are very popular uh, and have been rebooted enough. You say, well, that could be a classic uh, superperson or a more modern superperson. So, of course, I had to try to uh, do a take on a superhero. This superhero uh, outfit or costume is uh, called Red Love. That is the name of the hero. And on the forehead of the, you know, the, the, there is a headpiece with a mask. Uh, and uh, the, I tried to pick some colors that just said Red Love. And then there's blue stars on the headpiece uh, in a clock that hopefully looks like it's spinning counterclockwise. And then on their chest, you know, you really have to know this, but so, but I'm here to explain it to you. A lot of people would say, what is that uh, like on the emblem on the chest? Is that a beanstalk uh, is what I got when I was testing this costume, which is understandable. But no, it's a tomato plant uh, and it's growing. And then the, the, the sun, there's almost a, whatever that's called, where they have a solar glare in the movies, lens flare. Uh, like a sun effect coming from behind the beanstalk or the tomato plant in this case. There is a tomato there, so I don't know why. It's not a bean. It's it's not uh, green. It's a, a, a purplish-red tomato because everything, because with red love, I just wanted to give more shading. Uh, now, there's also, you know, if you get really deep into it, there is a, a mound of dirt on the bottom of the emblem uh, which goes along with the story uh, uh, in the back. If you really want to get to know the backstory of the character, you listen to that episode. Uh, now, there's also on the belt of the hero a wooden sword, uh, which is, is a replica. It's a silver. It's silver, but it's made from wood, and uh, it, it has the name of a cafe on it. Uh, uh, then the cape. Now, the cape. Uh, the back of the cape. I did make. Uh, it was greatly inspired uh, by the idea of uh, imagery of a marketplace. Uh, 
uh, in the afternoon. So this heroic cape uh, on the outside that you would see from behind, you'll see some apple carts, uh, merchants. uh, And again, when it's flowing, it'll look like there's activity at the marketplace. And you say, well, that's a lot to have on a cape. I say, well, I do, you know, I, I take my job seriously. Also on the belt of this hero, a red love, is a stapler, a black swing line stapler. Uh, and that, that again, it just, like you say, it looks, uh, is it really a stapler? I'd say, well, it's supposed to look like a stapler, a nearly realistic version of a stapler. But if someone reaches out and touches it, they realize that it's a, a paper recreation of a stapler. Uh, now, on the shoulders, uh, uh, I, have, I wanted to put images on the shoulders, like, uh, so, so almost like shoulder pieces with paintings. Uh, on one side is uh, two sets of fingers intertwined, fingers of uh, two different lovers. It's maybe something that you've seen in college, dorms of college, uh, colleges. Uh, uh, oh, the pants, I got distracted. The pants I call, I call Zubov's basement. Uh, and I've tried to make uh, the, the, the look like uh, there's, uh, like, so on the inside, they're leggings, not pants, actually, but uh, I call them pants. I call them Zubov's basement. On the inside, so on the skin side, are paintings that uh, are, could be found in Zubov's basement, or maybe ones that were never found. Okay, the right, uh, so the right side of uh, the, the shoulder, or did I say left side? I guess, again, I'm already so immersed, is uh, uh, a self I call it self-portrait with a cat. Uh, yeah, but it's really, uh, it, 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 it's just, uh, you know, just try to imagine that. Maybe imagine your own self-portrait with a cat, and I guess we could do that if we're developing it for you. And then the leggings are made to look like uh, on the outside. Now, the inside is paintings from Zubov's basement, but on the uh, outside, I call it sunshine afternoon, influenced by something. Uh, so it's sunlight going through gray clouds. Uh, there's choppy water as you get down towards the legs. Uh, so from the upper thighs would be the clouds, the sunshine down to the water. Now, the inside of the cape, uh, I've tried to play a game, which you'd have to buy the outfit to see. Uh, but, I, you know, there used to be a game called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? And uh, so this game is, you know, if you, you this would be really in-depth, but it's where it, where's Claudia. Uh, and you can play that game on the inside of the cape. Uh, so that is that episode. This, now, this next one is from a song uh, from Ings. Uh, it's actually based, it's a traditional Swedish folk song. Uh, Who can sail without the wind is the English translation for that. Uh, and, you know, uh, popular costume, I think this is the one. Uh, so it's a popular costume, especially now in a different way, is a sailor, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, sailor suit, they call it, and... Uh, you know, now it could be uh, someone that looks like a Scoops Ahoy from that show that things that can be strange uh, uh, for, from the, 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 the youth that were working at that store. Uh, but I wanted to t- I took that idea and then I thought about this song, Who Could Sail Without Wind? And I made a costume that is a bit more than that. It, it, so it's a boat. Uh, 
And again, this is for all accessibility. So, so it looks like a small rowboat. Uh, and you'd be sitting in the, your upper body would look like you were sitting in the boat with the legs, uh, you know, that are just uh, stuffed uh, to create the illusion. Now, this boat uh, is uh, the oars are it has oars, but the oars are pointing up and the oars are shaped like eyes. They're painted with uh, their hazel eyes. Uh, and the eyes are crying. Now, the illusion of the tears is, or just I'll tell you, it's lucite balls and fishing line. Uh, uh, but it's made to look like the oars are crying. And then there's a sail. And on one side of the sail is a crying eye. And it actually flaps in there and sparkles. Uh, so when it's moving in the wind, it looks like it's really crying. And on the other side, also with the wind to, to create an illusion, are two hands, and when the wind blows, it looks like they're being pulled apart. Uh, uh, so, and a lot of sparkling. I, I like sparkles and lucite to, to create tears in this case. Uh, and then the head of the boat is uh, like a person, you know, a bust or whatever. I don't know what they're called. I, I, I told Scooter to look it up. He never got back to me. Uh, but the ma- I don't know if is that a masthead. I don't think so. But the 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 the, the goddess on the front of the boat is waving goodbye uh, towards the back of the boat towards shore. So something you know, saying goodbye and, and that kind of thing. Now so this is from uh, season three, real three, episode three. Uh, this is in in world of within the wires, uh, November twenty sixth, nineteen fifty three. Now, this is one costume that gets worn more uh, outside of Halloween. You know, you'll see uh, buskers or street performers or advertisers, um, maybe even on Better Call, maybe even on Better Call Saul. Not on that that show, but on the original show. I'm not sure about that, but is a person as a statue. Now, sometimes they're robots and sometimes they're statues. Uh, but I, I thought about that one or as a monument. Uh, so I started to design that, uh, a person as a monument, uh, you know, taking the idea of a person as a statue, making them into a building. So we start for me, which starts at the legs and the feet, which would be columns. And again, you could say, well, I prefer my Doric to my Ionic column, uh, and I'd say, well, well, you know, we'll discuss that in the process. I made little flying buttresses coming off at the ankles, which I thought was cute, in the back over the um, Achilles. Uh, the hat of the costume is a capital dome. And you see, this looks more like I'm going to do some sort of, you know, that I'm going to do like some sort of parody, a musical act. I said, you could. Uh, and then, flow, again, what looks like flowing ropes. Now, there's a couple of other important details just as shining through. You know when people wear T-shirts sometimes, and they wear a T-shirt has something printed on it, and then they wear a shirt over it, and you could still see through the T-shirt. This is done intentionally. In the T-shirt underneath, it says in big black letters, it's complicated. And then it has a White House, the White House, but it's frowning. Now, that's not a, like, yeah, it's a frowny-faced White House, uh, yeah, but it's just barely showing through. And then, it, I guess, yeah, all of it's built like a robe to just feel like, especially if you were in Washington, D.C., if you were a monument. Uh, 
But this is where the, the extra twist comes in, and you need to be prepared for it if you purchase this costume, is that the entire costume is made from paper mache And while it's well-crafted, it is not well-made. It is made to when you put it on or when we put it on you and let it dry and then re-put it on you. You know, uh, paper mache and within the world of this episode, it's, it's made from uh, shredded newspapers. And so, and it's very specific, but it, as the night wears on, uh, the illusion in the, of this costume and the costume itself will slowly deteriorate and fall apart. Uh, so you have to be kind of prepared for this to happen. So you could say, well, I have my It's Complicated t-shirt on. You say, well, that'll create, if you're just wearing that, nothing, you know, maybe you have some, uh, you know, you, you will decide how you spend your evening. And how you deal with that uh, deterioration and how other people react to it. Uh, uh, so remember that, just to think about that. Okay, now this is uh, from Season 1, Cassette 2. Uh, and uh, it has a theme of about uh, anxiety and stomachs are the themes of this episode. Now this costume has been... Uh, now there's an idea of like these costumes that are supposed to be titillating, right? Uh, and revealing, and, and 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 so this costume is popular in that section. I think it's probably popular in other things. And there's been enough movies that there's other takes on this costumes. It's it's of a nurse. Uh, but to me, you know, this was ripe for reinvention uh, based on uh, the influences or tribute to this particular episode. Uh, so on the most nurses, you know, in respectable institutions, have a name tag. So this one has a name tag, but on the bottom of the name tag, where you think would be the name of the institution, it says, pay attention. And then uh, on the name, it says, not a siren of redress. Uh, now, the the nurse's uh, hat, uh, you, again, sometimes I don't look up these technical names. I'm so deep in creation. So I don't know if that what that's called. Uh, but, you know, the head, head thing they wear. Uh, and embroidered in the front of it is a third eye. And you might also think that, that is a, very, a little bit bigger than I normally, like there's something heavy about that hat. And you're correct in that assumption. Now, this uniform is very good for movement. I've made it out of stretch materials, a breathable materials. So whether, so this is a costume that you could actually work in or you could run in, you could climb in. And there's uh, actually pockets in there. So if you needed to keep a flashlight, there's a map pocket with a grease pencil pocket in there. There's also a controller for in the hat is a drone. Uh, so if you needed an aerial view to search the area, there's that. Uh, there's also uh, reminders. Uh, and, and this is embroidered in, in white on a white uniform uh, to breathe all over the uniform. So if you're looking at your wrist uh, and you look, now I wrote them in reverse and mirror, uh, but it says breathe. So you remember to breathe. Uh, on the shoes, again, written in the same color and stitching in reverse, it says uh, safe place nurse. Uh, also now, uh, in the hips are, uh, like above the hip on the waistband is a camera and bug detector. And, uh, it'll just shine a green or a red light, uh, if you cup your hand around a certain part of the waistband. 
it could also detect Wi-Fi. I'm trying to think of what, I don't know how to use a VPN, but I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, Now, here's another thing. In the back, because also I I include a lab coat, uh, there's actually on the back side, like lower than your behind, is a pocket for an extra pair of shoes or slippers, so you could change those out. And then stitched in the lab coat, uh, what is that thing called? The collar. Uh, it says, listen, remember, comprehend. And then on the left sleeve uh, are uh, what look like coffee stains, but they're not coffee stains. They say those coffee stains look a bit like cameras, and I'd say those are cameras. Uh, and it goes one camera, then two cameras, and then one camera. And then there's a big blotch, like a. One looks like a door and one looks like a corridor between those cameras. And then on the uh, the right sleeve, it looks like it was a mistake in the stitching. And it, it's a line with five doors on it. Uh, I'm just telling you this because you're purchasing the costume possibly from me. But it looks like just it's supposed to look like a mistake in, in the stitching. And then, because it's a mistake in the stitching, if you flip it over, you'll notice it's loose uh, on, the, on the other side, the opposite side from where the five doors are. And if you unfold that loose, loose uh, stitch in the sleeve, uh, you'll see again, printed in mirror reverse, uh, in the same color, uh, the letters B C D D A C A, And so that's uh, that costume. Okay, so this next one is based on, uh, so this is an Ing song uh, based on a Norwegian folk song called Mama Troll. And it made me think of a troll doll, which is not popular right now, but I mean, they have to troll movies, so maybe it is. uh, And hopefully uh, those McElroy brothers will get in that movie. I think they probably, is it already troll two or three? Uh, But we're not sure about that. uh, but so I thought about the troll doll, which is a doll with like poofy, spiky hair, which has always been a nice, I've always found the, the quality of the hair of troll dolls very, talk about palpable and wonderful. I don't know why they need fidget cubes when you could, if they would have given out troll dolls and just stroke yourself, stro- tro- troll hair stroke, I guess it's not appropriate to say, but I'm talking about on your cheek or, or your chin or your arm. It is very nice. So I thought about a giant troll, uh, like a troll doll. And then I thought about mama troll. And then I thought about this song, uh, troll more, it goes, uh, and, uh, so then uh, this is tr- mama troll. So I thought about the human uh, idea of like, some people have one baby, some people have two, and some people have more, and then they get these giant strollers and some of the strollers go, side to side and one some are like a train and i prefer the train ones because i see what well, you're blocking the whole sidewalk with that stroller i mean that's just me but so i thought about the troll mama and again i thought about making sure these costumes are accessible to whoever would like to wear them and oh i mean obviously financially they're not accessible but who are we kidding you know in the theater of a mind you could wear whatever costume you wish so this troll mama is, uh, so I thought about 11 baby trolls in a stroller in a row. So 11 little, uh, carriers. And then I put the mother troll five in front, six in back, uh, with the mother troll there. And it's kind of like a bike so she can pedal. 
and all the little trolls will be ch- tucked in. And then the mother has like a, one of those old fashioned communicators where she could talk into what looks like a bike horn, uh, but it channels her voice to all of the baby trolls. Uh, so she could kind of whisper to them in there, you know, like an old listening horn. I don't know what they're called. Okay, so this is the one, uh, season four, cassette two, autumn 1993. Now, this is a costume that's not popular currently, but it's popular. It's a good one to make at home, though don't make it with cheap plastic bags, uh, garbage bags. And I'm not talking about California raisins. I'm talking about a cassette tape. Um, Now, for some of you, you might not know what a cassette tape is, but I think it's kind of gotten back in vogue. you know, in the night, first there was records, uh, and then there was cassette tapes, and then there was uh, CDs. I know there was eight uh, tracks or whatever, but and then there was digital, and maybe there was stuff in between that I don't know about. Now, the nice thing about cassette tapes was uh, that you could make mixtapes, and that was like a, what uh, was really beloved about cassettes: the portability and the ability to make mixtapes and make them for people you cared about. Uh, or you had crushes on, or to communicate things. And so I made a giant cassette tape uh, costume. Now, this is more of the container of the cassette tape, the the actual, that was where you'd write out the songs, uh, the set, the song lists, I guess. Now, this one I did want to put in character because I just thought about it a lot, and I thought Sigrid, uh, and I said, well, would it be Sigrid, Sigrid's mix or... Uh, I am not sure. So that's what I think about. I'm calling it now. And then I, you know, then for me, I started to play with, well, what music uh, would she be into? Is it jazzy? Oh, and then what if we name the songs, but then, the, you know, is she into like metal, you know, hip hop, which, you know, 80s and 90s, uh, woo, you know, what is she, what was she, what would be her influences? Uh, and I thought about, would she doodle? Would she draw? I know her writing would not be bubbly. I don't think it would be strong and decisive. Uh, but again, I'm, you know, I'm always projecting onto these costumes. But I thought there'd be some rivers and mountains. Uh, and the first song would be named, now, I, you know, I'm big on this with Scooter 2. The first song is Sandpoint, but then in parentheses it says, uh, not a love song called Rosie and David. Uh, then the next song is Evergreens Like Arrowheads. Uh, then this one, she took the time to write some of the lyrics out. It's, it's Headmark, uh, H-E-D-M-A-R-K. I feel almost as if I could take a stroll through the trees and find myself at home with you. Uh, Grandma Brigitte. Uh, and then next to that one, I'm not sure if this is a song or not. It says, Have I Forgotten? Uh, then, uh, the last song on this side, great anthem for reckoning. Oh boy. I'd like to really listen to that song. Uh, then, uh, hazel eyes, uh, then I don't know if this is another song or part of it, just a print it's written separately. Uh, bear mother. That's another one I'd like to, I'd like to listen to. Uh, this song, whew, civilized debates, fighting at the dinner table. Uh, Cradle of Lake George, that's very, that makes me, that seems picturesque. Uh, uh, Baby Freya, uh, Selkirk Mountains, How to Start Your Own Cradle in Just 200 Pages. Uh, 
If that sounds like a, that's, I don't know. I was only five in Stockholm, uh, walking, shambling, low moans and shadows. And last song, manifestation of our isolation. I guess it does, that makes it say, well, maybe she's maybe a little goth. Uh, I'd say in a good way. I'm looking forward to listening. So that's uh, that would be your you'd be more of a cassette cassette container. What are those called? A cassette case, uh, and you'd be the cassette inside. Uh, you know, really uh, playing from the heart, uh, from the you know, you know what I mean. Okay, so one of the big challenges was to season two for me because the idea of uh, paintings and uh, of uh, be, being in a museum of how to transfer that to a costume. And the superhero was one. This is another one. This is a season two cassette one from the Tate Modern 1971. And the way I thought about that was uh, I got around it was a deck of cards. I thought of uh, a deck of playing cards. That could be the way we did it. And I had to do a lot of prototypes because at first I started with sandwich board and whatever that stuff's called that kids use now instead of paperboard, foam core. And because I wanted it to be able to change out the cassette tapes. And I said, well, you can't, we couldn't fit all the foam core. Even with magnets, it didn't work. Uh, and again, I wanted to have some variety. And then I was at a truck stop and I was thinking of the other podcast, Alice is, 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 isn't at the big farm or is in the big, you know, at that Alice podcast. Uh, as I was using the restroom and I went to wash my hands and dry them. This was an old truck stop restroom. And instead of paper towels or blower, it had one of those things like a cloth on a scroll, an endless scroll that uh, sanitizes itself with magic, I guess. But that's when it clicked in my mind. I said, this will be how I'll have different playing cards. Is uh, I'll put them on a vinyl scroll within the, the two sides of the costume. So you would be wearing a box of playing cards, but on the front... Uh, would be a current card, which you could change again uh, through a motorized thing that I, you could control with your thumb. And the back, you know, the cards would be, the, the, the card company would be Tate Modern, and the back would be red. And they thought about, okay, so the first card, the number one card uh, for the number one are oranges in uh, minty green billowing uh, drapes, uh, with an orchid there. Uh, the, you know, I'm, do, I'm not doing these in order again because I said that would be boring. The Joker is, uh, I, I thought, just a magazine lying in a cafe, uh, lying open. I, I don't know. I, I like that idea. Uh, number eight, I'm calling it, I'm naming it after the Mobius Strip. Uh, it's kind of something that looks unknowable and wispy. Uh, 10, I was classified, I call number 10, feelings. Uh, and so it's something kind of symbolizing, it looks like emotional storms. Correct, correct. The, the king, for the king, it, it looks like, at first you say, what is that? And I say, it's a broken plate. Uh, it's a broken rhino plate. Uh, uh, broken, in, but a close-up of it, even though it's a painting, it, it's a uh, drawing. Uh, number two, is a family home. It's a house with a yellow door. And it is, you could kind of play with it within the world and say, how many windows are there? How, you know, what is the meaning of home? 
number three is a low gray building. Uh, and, uh, you know, you could think about it. If, if is, it, is it on an island? It looks like it's on an island. Uh, uh, does the colors give you the sense of a mutual compromise? Number nine is uh, people, and it is not nine people dancing happy and free. It's just people dancing happy and free. And number six, this one is six. It's six forest friends hiding in the shadows. Uh, uh, Number seven is a fun one for if people are, you know, coming in. It's a a set of velvet ropes. And you say, please stay behind my velvet ropes. Uh, I just like that idea. Uh, Now, the Joker, uh, the wild card, is uh, a a famous art critic uh, named uh, Alfred Bond. Uh, and I, I, I spent way too much time on this one. So again, I thought about, uh, so too much time in this, uh, uh, you know, thinking, can a bowl of fruit just be a bowl of fruit? And, uh, I, I, so, so again, uh, if you want me to really just make that costume for you, I could, uh, number four is a woman in a bath and her arms trailing along the floor. She's looking away from you. And also with that is a queen, which is just a bathtub sitting in in a room by itself. And uh, number five is uh, is just, a, again, a self-portrait with a cat. I thought about that again. Uh, but then I thought about, I've re, you know, I haven't finished this one because they said, well, she's never had a cat. Uh, and then I agreed. I said, well, would she like a cat? Uh, and then on the back of the card, I kind of have other things of, of symbolizing living on an island. Uh, you'll see along the edges, like a low cliff, uh, and some of the patterns kind of to feel like a tide and blue water and sandbars. And actually, it, this is a secret, but if you, it's also an animation on the back of the card. In the the now, it's on the uh, upper left corners. If all the cards are aligned. And it shows someone on the beach uh, painting. Okay, this is from Season 3, Episode 2, or Real 2, August 13, 1953. And, you know, there's a popular costume of people dressed as cats, right? And Cats is coming back out, I think, as a film. So I thought about the idea of a cat person, but that was dull to me. But I did like the idea of this cat named Constance with an orange bandana. A violet writing that says Constance on it. Uh, but this, and this one kind of spans more than one episode a little bit, but I thought about the cat laying on a bed of pillows. Uh, but all, a lot of the pillows are cross-stitched or thematic. And then again, we could, you know, just use your upper body or whatever part uh, to use for the, for the costume. And then behind you is a tattered tapestry. Uh, the pillows in you are uh, uh, underneath is a rug that has hairballs on it. Uh, uh, and then the, the one, one of the lowest needle points, is that what they're called? Not cross-stitch needle point. Uh, it says you can only cre- clean a rug so many times before it becomes quite a different rug. Another pillow says, mean what you say, but rarely say what you mean. My favorite pillow personally is, if Amy can't do it, no one can. Oh, also tucked underneath one of the pillows is a playbill from last night was the wind. An article about the topaz window. Uh, oh, this is a good pillow. There, there may be no borders, but there are a lot of feelings. Uh, and that looks like it's painted on the Berlin Wall, even though it's just a cross-stitch uh, cross or whatever. 
Oh, this one is on bathroom wall. This is another one. It says, uh, Kevin Prince is a terrible secretary. Uh, this is a quote. It says, act first, semantics. Oh, act first, argue semantics later, dash VR. Uh, and another one, uh, if you receive an order, ship it. Uh, that's from Sioux City Shipping. Oh, and then, the, the oh, and the cat's fur. So this was another thing I wanted to do artistically. Some of the cat's fur in the patches in uh, black, whites, and grays uh, look like clouds. But if you really look at the clouds, uh, you'll see on the left side, are those uh, swords going into plowshares or is it your imagination? And the back of the cat, is that a message carved into a block of ice or just cat fur? And then on the right side, you could easily clearly see that that's a stacking up of teacups, uh, each a different size. And if the cat's standing up on two legs, trying to keep the teacups vertical. And then this one I did have to decide. I, I did want to call it something. So I named this one uh, Jazzy Bureaucrat. Jazzy Bureaucrat. Uh, I like to say bureaucrat, but because a jazzy bureaucrat sounds better. But uh, jazzy bureaucrat, I guess I'll just call it jazzy bureaucrat as a cat. Okay, we have one more here. Now, this one, uh, season one cassette one, uh, stress and shoulders. Now, there's two versions of this uh, that are popular in recent history as costumes that get on my nerves. Uh, one is a Napoleonic costume. Also, it could be an unnamed French general or some sort of uh, old naval officer, all of those styles. And then there's like the, the patent general, the the uh, the general like who pulls himself up by the bootstraps, a historic American general, uh, pre-1960, I'd say. And both those are costumes. I'd say, well, that's an interesting choice in costumes. Better, maybe better for, uh, you know, historic living diorama or something. And so I've recreated both of those in the same way. Just because I say, well, some people want their, their desert uh, tans and some people want their blues and their whites and their fancy buttons. Uh, so, you, so again, you picture kind of either one of those, but I kind of tried to do something. Yeah, I could do either one of those. As a, but this is what I'm envisioning here. And I want you to listen, remember, and comprehend as I tell you this. Now, the first thing is something no one will see, but it is, I call it weight of the world. And it's a dense globe on a necklace uh, uh, that no one sees. And the globe is made from a very, like, picture lead and, and the weight of lead. It's even more, it's a material that has more mass than that, but it feels heavy even though it's a small globe and you'll wear that around your neck is, you know, it's a, it's a walking metaphor, I guess. Uh, the other thing you'll notice right away when, when you, if you're wearing this is that there's a lot of airflow, uh, you know, real general would want that, but for our purposes, you need that too, from the armpits in the back, uh, uh, it allows a thing to breathe. And I also think that if you were wearing this at the weight around your neck of that necklace, at the weight of the world, should also remind you to breathe. You know, I like my, it'll be a suit coat, you know, most of the, or whatever you call it, a coat, uh, military coat, I don't know. Uh, but I like mine to have piping. And so this has blue piping, uh, you know, up uh, on all of the edges of this coat. Uh, 
and it's going to air water blue piping. And if it, it, first it's subtle, but then when you start to notice it, I hope it feels uh, sharp. I've also added like a little bit of airflow for when you walk and your leg legs move. That'll pump air like a breath behind you up the back of your jacket and out the neck of the coat. Uh, it just like someone uh, breathing on your neck as, and walking behind you. I think the things on the shoulders are called epaulets, uh, but I'm not positive about that. Uh, those big motorboard type things, I don't know what they are. But uh, And this one, one is, I put a different one on each shoulder. One looks like it's made from stone and one looks like it's made from sod. And they're very detailed and they both, but I put them both in balance. So size-wise and weight-wise, they're the same. Uh, so they're in balance. Uh, uh, but separate. Now the jacket, I made it a kind of a forest green color, unless you want that tan or that blue. Uh, but it's kind of a wool blend. Uh, there's big buttons on there that look like uh, kind of like milky half moons. It's almost like on the inside of your fingernail. And on the inside of the jacket are lots of pockets. Uh, there's a long one for a magic wand. There's other pockets you could keep toys or other things in. And, uh, and now the jacket also has an in- internal superstructure. Now, this is, you wouldn't believe this, but it's made uh, so that the jacket, while it looks like it's a regular jacket on the outside, it, 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 much like a weighted blanket when you sleep, it's designed, I've built it like, a, what are those called? Uh, those uh, backpacks, a suspension backpack, internal suspension system. This is like an internal holding system. So when you're wearing the jacket, you feel held. And because it's an open weaved wool, you feel held and enrobed. Uh, but you also kind of feel exposed to, to the world. And so I want you to feel both a comfort and an exposure at the same time. You could feel the breeze but you still feel like uh, a sense of security. Now, instead of medals and badges, I've worked on this. Uh, uh, and instead of a name, it says, listen, remember, uh, comprehend. Uh, then there's uh, five rectangular medals uh, that are made to look like doors. On the left uh, breast uh, is a, another medal. It's a, a number five. It's just a circle, and it says number five. And then one of the things on the back uh, that is surprising to most people are uh, wings that look like they're stained glass wings, uh, dragonfly wings, or teardrop-shaped. Uh, but they're not the kind of wings that are spread out. Uh, they're pasted to the back, kind of a bit off-kilter, like almost like the wearer of the jacket went to sleep on the wings uh, and woke up with them stuck to, to their back. Uh, and then you may notice as, as you look at the jacket and the legs of the pants for a while that the color of the green slowly goes from dark forest green. And as you get to the past the knee on the pant, uh, that it slowly changes to the color of bird guano or, you know, bird, bird droppings. And so that's a, that's another one I've thought about. And then now finally, this is like, a, so so I hope you check out those uh, Within the Wires. You, you may be even more confused uh, if you've listened to every episode uh, now. But, you know, one day you'll listen, you'll remember, and you'll comprehend. 
but you don't really need to. Just go out and shine in whatever costume you need. Uh, but this last one is based on a song from uh, Ings. Uh, uh, Love goes on and on and on and on. And you could get it, for, for, you know, using the link. Uh, you could check it out. Uh, but that, this one I immediately thought of, this season's uh, it gift. Uh, even though, you know, people used to say squad goals in, you know, whatever, 2015. I think this is, a, the, the like, and, uh, yeah, they say, well, don't, nobody uses that. Uh, what are you going to say, Visco Girl next, uh, Reginald? I'd say, no, I, well, this is just a thing, like, uh, this is a costume that's worn by four people that are friends. And you can't deny that it's 2019. It is the costume that's probably selling very well for adults. Uh, and that's the Golden Girls. Now, the Golden Girls were an older a group of older adults, right, uh, that were friends based on a TV show. You'll see it tomorrow. You'll see it or at the parties of the past weekend you saw a team, a team of friends uh, dressed as the Golden Girls. And for some of you, you said, what are you, four grand? You know, but some of you knew. So it's a cutesy thing. And, I, you know, I'm a fan of the show Golden Girls. And so I thought about how could we do this? Uh, so I want you to forget everything I said now, uh, because uh, this one is very, uh, I thought about this song, Love Goes On and On and On and On. And when you see this costume, at first you're going to say it's just a giant wrapped gift. Uh, and I'm, that's what I'm going to be inside that box. And I'd say, correct, but look closer. And if you look closer, you'll see the gift is wrapped in handmade wrapping paper, hand-painted wrapping paper by myself. Uh, and you'll see on there, you'll see Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. You say, okay, Dorothy. You'll see roses everywhere. You'll see uh, what looks like someone blanching something. There's asparagus being blanched in an ice bath. Uh, you say, oh, okay. Uh, and then books symbolizing wisdom uh, for Sophia. Uh, I, 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 try, I did put a, like, a couple Sophia the First influenced pictures there just in case. Uh, so that represents Dorothy, Rose, Blanche, and Sophia, the Golden Girls. And then the, 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 uh, instead of a ribbon, I took a tin heart and then I uh, cut it up and then I made it into a metal ribbon wrapped around the president into a bow. And then on the gift is a tag. And on one side of the tag, it says officially the world's biggest gift, uh, according to the Gift Giving Institute. Uh, this is the biggest gift. Uh, and uh, so you will see that. Uh, and then on the other side, it'll say, uh, from me, uh, and it'll say, thank you for being a friend. Uh, and ideally, that would get people to sing along, you know, travel down the road. And then here's your, do yourself a favor, you know, travel down the road to the four seasons of uh, Within the Wires. Uh, there really are a lot of roads to travel down there and back again. And I don't want to, you know, the scooter says, don't, he just called to me the other room, don't earworm anyone. So don't, so I'll change the subject. So check out Within the Wires, check out Ings's music and enjoy your costuming. And if you ever want to think about, uh, you know, what, who, who would I be? It would probably be the art critic bond because I, I would, I always feel awkward at parties. Like everyone's dressed, uh, 
And I show up and eat a cucumber sandwich and have to go. But now it's time for you to go to bed. Uh, Good night.